When I was a kid, my grandparents used to have a lot of really unique phrases. One particular phrase that kind of stands out in my mind, and it, right now it's, I think it's really relevant not only to what happens in our daily lives, but in leadership at every level. And when I say every level, I mean all the way up to global politics, global economies. Leaders on a global level need to remember this phrase from my grandpa, who was a typical Oklahoma farmer. Grandpa Morgridge used to say all the time, don't pay him, no, never mind. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. Let me quote that again, because that's a powerful notion. Don't pay him, no, never mind. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. If leaders today would pay attention to that statement and what it means and everything it implies, we could solve a lot of the problems we have in our landscape globally right now. But I'm afraid we've reached a point where the truth isn't the point anymore. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and maybe that phrase kind of skips over your head a little bit. Don't pay him no never mind, he's just trying to get a rise out of you. Let me explain <clears throat> what it really means. Right, there was a particular incident that that phrase came to mind for that I probably won't forget for most of my life. I have a cousin by the name of Quentin, Quentin Crenshaw. He's Oklahoma and as you get. When Quentin and I used to spend a lot of time together when I lived in Enid, Oklahoma, and I was about seven. Tommy Wilson was around about that time. We played baseball together back then. It was a different world. We would walk three miles to school to go play baseball. We'd ride our bicycles home. That's how I broke this front tooth the first time. My front wheel came off when I jumped off the curb. It was a different time. But I remember Quentin and I standing on the front porch and arguing about where my family was originally from, a place called Lamb Passes, Texas. And Quentin, not the two of us, not a whole lot of sense between us at the time. I told you we were seven. We didn't know a mustache from a hairy armpit. But we were in a heated debate over whether or not the name of the town I came from was Lamb Passes or El Paso, because he swore there was only one <clears throat> pass something in Texas, and it was El Paso. And I said, no, I'm not from El Paso. I'm from Lamb Passes. I was born in Lamb Passes, Texas. And this argument went on to the point that it almost came to fisticuffs. We almost got physical over whether or not there was such a thing as a Lamb Passes, Texas. Now, I can tell you this for a fact. Right now, I live in the DFW area I have for close to 20 years. And unless you're a deer hunter or you spend a lot of time in the hill country looking for Fredericksburg or Marble Falls, you probably still don't know that there is or ever has been a Lamb Passes, Texas. Maybe if you were stationed at Fort Hood, you would have been through there. If you've been deer hunting, that's some of the best deer hunting country in the world or right on the edge of it. So you probably have been there. But otherwise... It's a small town. It's less than 10,000 people, and most people just don't care. But it's very real. It's been around for over 150 years now, I believe. What was the point of the argument, though? It wasn't truth. The point of the argument was that I'm going to get my way, I'm going to prove that you're wrong, and you're going to try to prove that I'm wrong, and both of us were arguing over something that had no relevance to life at all, except the argument. 
Now, the wisdom of my grandfather, when I finally called him crying, he said, I'm about to punch him in the nose, and I want you to tell him there is a land past his Texas. He said, pay him no never mind. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. What happens today in leadership circles when we have someone who, they really have no point in winning the argument. They really have no point in winning the war. What they're driving at, so to speak, isn't about right or wrong, accurate or inaccurate, truth or otherwise. That's not even their point. Their only point is to get you to react to something that you shouldn't be reacting to. In fact, it's just to get you to react. In coaching sessions, sometimes I have to do what I call the verbal kick under the table, where I'll say something that I know for a fact is going to provoke the other person. And here's why I do it. I'm looking for your response. Why? Well, because I know for a fact that you cannot squeeze a pineapple hard enough to get ketchup out of it. It's not in there. It doesn't matter how much pressure you put on a pineapple, ketchup is not coming out. But the more pressure I put on it, the more pineapple juice comes out because that's what's in there. Now, invert that to a tomato, and the more pressure I put on the tomato, I'll never get pineapple juice out of it because it's not in there. You follow my train of thought? See, there have been some global things going on in the last few months, maybe 24 months or so, that really have nothing to do with reality. It's just people poking the bear. And when I say the bear, I mean you. I mean you as a leader, you as an individual, you as a citizen. They're poking you to see how you react. What's your response to this? What if I do this? What if I do this? Do you remember the uh, Three Stooges when they used to say, well, have no eye gouging like this. We'll have no ear pulling like this and no nose slapping like this. And they would go through the whole process and say, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Then the whole time they're doing it to demonstrate what we're not going to do. That's kind of what we've seen from our politicians locally, nationally, globally. It's what we've seen from the media locally, nationally, and globally. It's what we've seen from business leaders, locally, nationally, and globally. The provocation of a lot of the behavior has zero bearing on truth. They're just trying to get a rise out of you. Pay him no never mind. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. Their whole objective is to provoke the people. Now, part of that may be like a test subject. They want to know how much you'll stand before you stand up. They want to know how much you'll put up with before you put them out. It's a test. Part of it, too, may be they really just don't know what they're doing, so they're trying everything until something works. Remember that old phrase, if <clears throat> all you got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. You try to solve every problem the same way, well, then the end solution is everybody gets hammered. If all you got is a screwdriver, everything looks like a screw, and at the end, everybody gets screwed. But pay him no never mind. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. Is some good wisdom. Now, here's something else you need to know as a leader. When you find yourself in that place where it appears that the truth is no longer the point, maybe it's provocation, maybe it's manipulation, maybe it's watch the other hand. If you remember the movie, uh, Now You See Me, he said, the closer you look, the less you'll see. Because it's the sleight of hand, I want you paying attention to these details right here. And while you're looking right here, 
while you're looking right here, you realize what's going on over there is really much more important. Anybody hear about the wars that are going on all over the world right now that are not in Ukraine and Russia? Because there are wars going on all over the world right now. There are tens of thousands of people dying all over the world right now. But you're not hearing anything about it because it doesn't poke you in the right place. It doesn't provoke you. It doesn't get a rise out of you the way that they want to. It doesn't get the attention of the corporate media. It doesn't get attention of the big corporate entities. Like, did you know, for an example, that international credit cards that have been for decades able to cross international borders, you can buy whatever you want to, and they will transact it on your own local currency the minute you pop your little credit card in that little machine. Well, <clears throat> right now, those don't work in Russia. In fact, if you have a credit card that was issued by one of two major organizations from Russia, it doesn't work anywhere in the world. They've shut off your funds. They're punishing the people for the acts of the government. They're poking the bear. They want to know what you'll put up with. All right. When you see these circumstances going on around you as a leader, you need to heighten your level of awareness to your immediate surroundings. One of the things that I think was one of the most beneficial opportunities in my life was when I was in Honduras almost six months. And while I was in Honduras, we went through a lot of counterterrorism training. One of the things they taught us about was what's called a kill box. The kill box is when the terrorist will intentionally put you in a position where you're penned in. Your vehicle can't go forward, your vehicle can't go backward. And then they'll surround you and kidnap you, massacre you, steal your stuff, whatever they want to do. Pirates at sea do a similar thing. They act like a distressed boat. When you pull up to help them, they attack your boat, take your boat, take your stuff, take your people, whatever they're going to do. Well, this situational awareness is that understanding that something here doesn't look normal. Something here doesn't look right. It doesn't sound true. It doesn't feel like it should. But what am I going to do about it? And immediately, you're going to start to look in other ways. In my first book, Live a More Excellent Life, this one here, so I step a little bit out of frame. In my first book, Live a More Excellent Life, I talked a little bit about situational awareness. And one of the things that I said was, understand that when a Navy SEAL is trapped in a room, a Navy SEAL doesn't think, okay, my escape hatches are <clears throat> the left door, the right door, and the window. No, the Navy SEAL is thinking, those are the places the enemy is going to be looking at first. <clears throat> The enemy is already going to be covering those doors. The enemy is already going to be covering those windows. The enemy already doesn't want me to escape from what seems like a natural escape. So that Navy SEAL is thinking, what's on the other side of that wall? If I blast a hole in that wall, am I going to kill innocent people or am I going to be on an exit? Am I going to be headed for an exterior wall? And when they walk into that room, they've already asked that question. Before they're in the building, they've been asking that question. They may have even walked around the outside of the building to see what kind of self-perpetuating traps they can create for the enemy who's pursuing them when they blast a hole in that wall and run through it because that's the way they're trained to think and i'm telling you right now as leaders you need to stop worrying about what's right in front of your face pay him no never mind he's just trying to get a rise out of you you need to be paying attention to what's going on in the next layer of reality around you you need to be figuring out what's coming next because what you're being told well, the point isn't the truth anymore. The point is provocation. The point is to get you to do what they want you to do, to behave like I talked about in the last episode. They have manipulated the centers that cause you to behave, dopamine centers, the, do the dopamine rush, the feel-good chemicals. They've been doing that with digital technology for the last decade or more. We have an entire generation of people trained with an extremely short 
extremely short attention span so that they won't pay attention to the fine details. They'll hear what they're told, whether the truth is the point or not. They'll be diverted and directed into some other behavior, and they don't have the training of situational awareness to ask, why is a car that looks like it has no flat tires parked in the middle of the highway? If I pull over to help them, am I going to become a victim? If I slow down and wait while they move, am I going to get carjacked? At what point do I put them at risk and say, I'm going around even if it means i got to knock somebody's door off, but I'm not sitting here trapped behind this car in traffic? What's the good, the bad, and the ugly? You better have some situational ethics because right now, the truth may not be the point. You may be being manipulated. At some point, you've got to say, is my safety, is my risk, is my welfare, is my family's welfare the higher cause right now? than what it appears to be. Situational awareness is going to become the key every day of your life. And if you haven't already begun to study situational awareness, do it now. As a leader, you need to be very aware when the truth is no longer the point. Pay him no never mind. He's just trying to get a rise out of you. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.